Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hello, and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily, a writer. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two type 1 diabetics trying to live our best lives. It's not always easy with the literal highs and lows. But it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And Miriam. Welcome to our first episode of 2020. We made it! Um, feels very like sci-fi to it me somehow. Like really does. Vibe. Yeah. Honestly, though, so did your woo. My <laughs> well, that yeah, was my sci-fi. It was in woo. like it was a sci-fi woo. I was like, yes, oh yes. my god, Twilight Zone. Um, <laughs> but lol. So welcome to another episode. So oh. 2020, New Year, same us. Um, <laughs> That's true. Uh, this uh, this episode uh, we wanted to be about. Um, wow, I'm so scatterbrained. Like, <laughs> yes, uh, we should make a, a note that Emily and I are recording a, this. It's literally January first. We both had late nights last night, obviously, because it was the it was New Year's. <laughs> um, so bear with us as our our brains are still a bit jumbled. We're still a little dehydrated. That's one word um, for it. <laughs> but I think yes, we we wanted to focus this episode on all those feelings that come up with New Year's and new beginnings and resolutions and kind of how that affects all of us, all humans. But I think diabetes specifically because we we deal our lives deal with lots of numbers and metrics and data kind of and how we manage our our disease. So I think when it comes to goal setting, it's I'm saying easy in quotations, but it's easy in some sense to be like, oh well, my goal is to adjust these metrics to a lower number or a higher number, whatever it might be. Um, so I think as diabetics, we get particularly um, caught up in this goal setting and resolutions. And so we wanted to talk about that and, and what that all means. Yes. And the, pr- the pressure that is associated with New Year's resolutions in general, yes. whether mm-hmm. you're pancreatically yeah. capable or a type 1 diabetic or just suffer from a different chronic illness that is equally stressful. Um, I've been seeing on the gram, the interwebs, if you will, a bunch of posts about, you know, their people's goals and resolutions for 2020. Uh, A lot of people are saying they want to lower their A1C or be more hands-on and proactive for their diabetes management. And I'm like, hell yeah, power to you. But that's a... That's a stress. That's a lot of pressure putting on yourself. So it kind of spurred spurred us to be like, maybe we should do a little episode um, with some of Miriam's wise wise words and my ability to somehow speak for an hour uh, on the subject. Oh my god, stop! But in terms of resolutions, like where I didn't give Miriam a heads up on this, so I feel like. I don't want to get her in any uh, thera- therapeutic trouble. If you, I don't know what the right word is for that. But what do you find is the line between um, being proactive about something and mm-hmm. like your blood sugar numbers and being obsessive? Well, you know, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I think in terms of resolutions in general, 
I think we all need to remind ourselves that going from December 31st to January January 1st is literally no different than going from like June 8th to June 9th. It's literally a day has changed. And I think we all get into this mindset of like new year, but the calendar is really a man-made construct not to get like so philosophical, but but it is, it's (laughs) like, there's no difference. Like a lot of people feel like January 1st, I'm starting fresh. It's like starting new because the date date that we write on the, on our papers is going to be different, but really like there's so many like phases that are new throughout the year. Like it used to be new school year. Come September, you'd have goals for that school year. Or like the beginning of summer, you'd have goals for that summer. And even whether you're consciously making those goals or not, it's just kind of like a natural thing that we do as humans. Right. Um, so I want to, pe- to remind people of that. Like you don't, one, you don't need to make resolutions at all. You can just go on and living your life. But two, I think something that makes goal setting more manageable is to be doing it in very, very small chunks. And this is what I talk about in therapy a lot is that when you're setting goals, you don't want to set yourself up for failure. And a lot of us do that. We have these really lofty goals of where we want to see ourselves in a year or even where we want to see ourselves in a month. And what happens is there's not... Like every goal you set, there has to be objectives within that goal to, to get you there. And I think when you're setting these lofty goals, you're almost guaranteed to not quite get there or not quite get there in the way that you want to get there if you're not planning accordingly. I don't know if this is making sense, but I think <laughs> in order to set like a realistic goal for yourself, it has to be just that realistic. Attainable. So it's like doing something – exactly, attainable. It's doing something that you can – accomplish in a week. And even if it's setting the goal super, super small, because you know that you'll be confident you can achieve whatever that small, small goal is, do that. Because what it, that does for you is huge. It show it builds you confidence. It helps you stay motivated. I think this will be better with an example. I'm thinking, you know, I, I work with people with depression a lot. So something that happens is They'll say, well, I'm going to make sure I go outside and I socialize with someone every single day because a lot of times in depression, we tend to isolate ourselves and we tend to not go out as much or not enjoy activities like we used to. Right. So they'll go from like zero to a hundred. Like, well, this week I didn't, didn't leave my apartment once, but next week I'm going to go out every single day. And I think any outsider would look at that and be like, huh, I mean, that's a really great goal, but like, that sounds exhausting. Yeah. What makes you think you're going to be able to do that all of a sudden you're going from zero to 100. So sometimes I'll talk to clients and say, well, you know, maybe we should start smaller and they'll say, oh, you're right. I'm going to start with like three days a week. And I'm like, that's a good, that's a good step. I'm going to suggest you start with one day a week. Right. And they'll, and they'll kind of roll their eyes and say, well, uh, anyone can go out one day a week. But the point is they hadn't been going out one day a week. So if they can make a goal that they feel confident that they can accomplish, that means if they end up going out two days a week, they've surpassed their goal. And it's it feels in some sense like you're tricking yourself or you're faking it, but you're not. What this is doing is really, really powerful for your mind. It's showing you that you can accomplish things. You can surpass goals. You have the ability to do things that you set your mind to. And that does wonders for your self-esteem. That's that's such good advice. That's my little like goal setting spiel is start super, super small. So one of my um, 
one of my sorry Laura's texting me from the other room oh one of my goals is to be more patient okay that's like a very general goal so I was talking to my boyfriend about this um lol he's like you're so patient and I'm like you're literally the only person I'm patient with like ask anyone else um but okay so how is something like that attainable well for me what I want to do is when I you know, see myself losing patience instead of speaking Mm -hmm. right away, I'm going to take a breath. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, this sounds like I have anger problems, SOS. Maybe this isn't the best uh, example, but it's something that is attainable. Like, yeah, is it, am I guaranteed to be patient in a month? No, but will taking a beat and thinking about what I'm about to say and what the other person's feeling be more, like be more apparent if I take a beat. Yes. And that's, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm not like, Oh my God, I want to be, you know, like a saint and be super patient all the time. It's like, I just want to take one step closer to being a better version of myself. And -hmm. the same thing goes, if you want to give up fried foods or if you want to give up, like, let's say you're eating, you know, French fries three times a day, every day, cut back like once a day (laughs) or something like that. Um, but, and and you're going to get to whatever that main goal is. You might get there more slowly, but at least you'll get there. I think if your goal is like, I'm just going to stop eating fried food completely. It might work for a little bit and then you'll binge, then you'll binge and then you'll feel bad. And then you'll kind of get started back to square one. Whereas if you give yourself a little bit of leeway being like, I'm going to eat, you know, overall try to eat healthier and I'm only going to eat um, or I, I will allow myself to have fried food, you know, three times a week or something. Right. And I do feel like maybe that was a bad example because that was a bad yeah. we're not good at the examples right now. Our brains no. aren't working well, it's well, not that I don't want anyone, you know, sorry if this triggers anyone mm-hmm. with any sort, sort of disordered exactly. eating or eating disorders. Type 1 diabetes and mm-hmm. disordered eating are very common if, uh, if you're noticing any patterns that you feel might not be within the realm of your normal, definitely we recommend seeking help other than Miriam. Um, not that she's not great, but you know, this isn't Miriam's therapy podcast. So, <laughs> um, in fact, I recommend hitting up Lauren Newman, um, at go feed myself on Instagram. This is her full-time job and yes. it's a great episode that we did with her on diabulimia and disorder eating on the whole. So you're not alone if you're out there listening to this. Sorry yes. if we triggered you. More love. Moving on. Um, but it's just, you know, I'm really glad that you said that. It's taking one step at a time. And that's not to yeah. say that, you know, goal your goals aren't attainable. It's to say that you're creating attainable goals. It's just all about rewording um, and rethinking the situation on the whole. Exactly. And I think, again, I keep going back, but like just because it's January 1st, you don't need to decide I'm going to change my life right now. It's it's one day. And I think you can decide that you want to do this at the beginning of every year, kind of set goals for the entire year. You can decide that at the beginning of every month you want to set mini goals and kind of assess how you're doing. But I'm of the camp that's kind of like live your life. It's exhausting. Set the goals when it (laughs) feels like they need to be set. I think there is some pressure on this day of like, shit, I need to like sit down, write down all my intentions for the year, all my goals for the year. If that's not coming naturally to you, then don't Don't sweat it. Push it. I think as humans, there's this metaphor I always use and I butcher it every time, but it's like you don't scratch yourself unless you have an itch 
Like you don't change unless you get to a point where you're really uncomfortable. That's just how humans work. We are creatures of comfort. We are creatures of the familiar. And so you're not going to really be ready and willing to change until you've reached a point that you are so uncomfortable with how things are that you want to change. And that's just, you know, reality, right? Some people have incredible willpower and they can kind of start changing before their body forces them to. But most people, it, it, it takes a while before you're like, okay, now I'm ready to make this change. And so I think instead of forcing ourselves to do this just when society tells us we should be setting goals, I would be more in tune with yourself and set goals when you feel like they're relevant to you. Um, Does that make sense? 110%. And um, I just feel like a lot of times I see people setting goals and I'm like, well, I, you know, maybe I should be setting that goal too or whatever, you know, realizing, oh, well, I should lower my A1C. Well, I should do this. And it's like, no, that's each person's individual goal. Um, Does it hurt to lower your A1C? No, that's always a great thing to, to work on. But at the end of the day, that's not something that first came to my mind. So it's not something that necessarily I need yeah. to or want to focus on at this time guys we're I'm struggling today there's nothing like I'm like sent help um we're living our life but it's funny I was like looking through my notes app on my phone and I had a note that I wrote in my mind they were like my new year's resolutions but I'm looking at the date they were written like March 18th lol so not a, but and I remember sitting down writing this because I'd be I was sitting I think I was home alone that day I was reflecting on what was going on And I was saying, you know what? I want to like kind of set intentions for what I want to accomplish this year. And I remember doing that because the year prior I had been planning a wedding and there was so much stress. And then I got married on, on New Year's Eve last year. And then after that, so much fun. It was like, it was like the wedding hangover almost. Like I just needed to post wedding blues, the post, not even the blues for me, just like exhaustion. Like there had been so much stress built up that after it was over, it's like, (sighs) And so I remember sitting at mid-March and being like, okay, I'm feeling like refreshed. I'm feeling like I've recovered. What do I want to do with myself now? And I kind of set these intentions for myself. And again, not really goals, just things I wanted to aim to like work on more so rather than, rather than saying, I want to get, you know, this A1C or I want to get this accomplished this year. It was more like, what do I want to focus my year on? And that felt really natural. And it was a very low pressure situation. And honestly, I sort of forgot about it. Every every couple weeks or something, I'd see the note and be like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of making progress on that. <laughs> and I looked at it last week and I'm like really feeling good about those intentions I set. And again, because they weren't really goals or, or no, they weren't, I should say they weren't like metrics I was trying to achieve. It wasn't right. a specific number I was trying to achieve. It was just like general feelings I wanted to get to and general, general, <laughs> we are struggling. general <laughs> ways of interacting with the world that I, I love wanted that. to work on. I love that. And And that felt really good for me. And I think other, some people really react well to numbers um, and metrics and that's, that's their style. Yes. And I think that that's also though, like while, you know, having something being attainable or recognizable in actual numbers, it's also a slippery slope for people who are more prone to, um, 
I don't want to say be more obsessive, but I mean, like personally, I am definitely prone to be more obsessive about certain things. So mm-hmm. for me, having resolutions and life goals, just to take the whole New Year's aspect out of it, I try and set intentions for myself as well that aren't number focused. And like you've mentioned before, diabetes, specifically type one diabetes is so numbers focused. Mm-hmm. We're constantly checking our blood sugar. We're constantly checking our A1Cs every three to six months, whatever. And so many things, you know, ketones, just so many things survive, survive, LOL. Like our focus. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Words are so hard. Depend on numbers that the last thing that I want to do is feel like I'm a number, feel like I'm contributing to more numbers in my life. So having feel like you're failing for not reaching a number. Exactly. And also with a new year comes a new age and that's a new number. And there's just Mm -hmm. so many things to, to that numbers are used to compare your, you know, comparisons. So when I was 25, I did this. So when I'm 26, I should be doing this. Like, no, I'm living my life at my own speed, doing what I want, being happy with my numbers as they are, Mm -hmm. whether that's my A1C or, you know, words are hard. But basically, I completely agree. And I think that's really good advice and a good recommendation to suggest that people do not set hard numbers for themselves for resolutions or any type of life goals. And instead of that, having an overall feeling or an overall, um, what's a different word? Not like, uh, like genres that you want to improve or topics, maybe not like, Oh, I want to lower my A1C a whole point. Maybe I want to focus more on my diabetes health. And that way, if you don't get to a specific A1C, but you do better your A1C, you're not sitting there, you know, having a pity party, you're celebrating Mm -hmm. because you did do what you set out to do. And you're one step closer to actually achieving what you, what you really want to do. Um, yeah, I basically just repeated what you said. (laughs) No, but, but that's no, you, you said it well, I think. And because I'm imagining a lot of listeners, a goal for a lot of people is I want to lower my A1C. Um, or maybe it's like, I want my A1C to be 6.5. And so instead of making that the goal or that the resolution, why don't you say, like Emily mentioned, the goal or the resolution is improve my, or focus more on diabetes health or focus more on diabetes management. And then let's think of some objectives to achieve that goal. So one objective, and again, none of these are numbers based, but one objective could be, I want to, um, increase my exercise, or maybe I want to change the type of exercise I do. Or you want to learn how to exercise with type one diabetes. If that's something you've been scared about or of, and you know, exactly been holding off on. One could be focusing on your food and not again, maybe not changing your diet, but testing around with, uh, like carb ratios and carb counting just to see, or in extended boluses, things like that. Just like kind of playing around with things to see how that goes. One could be engaging in the diabetic community because your diabetic mental health is a, is a huge part of diabetes health. So engaging more in the community, if that's something that is helpful for you. And so these are objectives that if you start working on these individual objectives, your overall diabetes health will likely improve. And that might end up leading to a lower A1C anyways. And I think you you just want to generally look at things and look at your goals from a different lens. 
A hundred percent. Just going off on, you know, the whole diabetes specific and, you know, whether your goal is to gain better management or to stress less and have a better mental health component to your type one diabetes. I really think that the fact that you're even making this first step, you as in the general listener who might be feeling this way is a goal in itself that you've unknowingly reached. Um, that's not to say if if your goal is nothing diabetes related, that's also fine. But for the sake of this podcast, I do think that it's uh, it's you know the fact that you're even listening to to something to two diabetic gals discuss diabetes um, is in a way therapeutic in itself. At least, obviously, talking about it is for Miriam and I. But um, another term, another God help me, someone save me. I can't speak. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to say is in other ways to help manage and get closer to your type one goals. I fully recommend um, if, you know, if it's not too much for if following people on Instagram is more of a stressor for you, then definitely don't do this, but find people that aren't focused on numbers that are also in the diabetes community. Like you, there's so many like-minded people out there, whether that's me and Miriam or it's, Um, I know Lauren Bongiorno doesn't necessarily focus on numbers a lot on her actual personal Instagram stories, um, things like that. Diabetic Cactus is great. Like, There's so many great resources out there or just pals to follow along with that aren't, you know, are are strongly stressing not comparing yourself. And I feel like this is a time where everyone's like, oh, this year I'm not going to compare myself. But in posting your intentions. Yeah. Uh, someone who's going to see that and undoubtedly compare themselves. It's just the way of life. Um, and whether you post something on your social media to hold yourself accountable or you post it because you want others to see, like to hold you accountable, there's, you know, there's a lot of different reasons for, for throwing that out there, but these goals really are really personal. Um, and I think it's important to realize that as well. I agree. So not everything needs to be posted. But that being said, if you do choose to post and you want to take our advice, tag us at Pinkers underscore pals. <laughs> For sure. And I think as, as we tie up this episode, I mean, there's nothing wrong with patting yourself on the back if you did accomplish goals and you kind of want to share those with people. I think 100%. I'll speak for... Emily and myself, both of us are kind of going into this new year with new jobs on the horizon. Um, Emily got a new position. I am I'm keeping my current job. I work as a therapist in an agency, but I'm going to be shifting to part-time because I'm also um, going to be working in a private practice Woo-hoo. part-time. So that's an exciting step for me. Um, and it's a practice that's focused on chronic illnesses, which I'm really excited about. I'm um, so not excited. Not just diabetes. I'll, it's actually a lot of uh, like irritable, irritable bowel diseases, Crohn's and colitis, so a lot of other autoimmune diseases. So I'm excited to learn a lot and hopefully impart some new wisdom on the podcast. Maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll start discussing more on chronic illness and mental health as a whole. In Who general, knows? Yeah, because yeah. Lord knows Miriam and I have more than just diabetes. <laughs> Oh yeah, we got lots of. Shit. We've got we've got a, you know, got the thyroid disease. There's plenty of things to talk about. Uh, but yeah, congratulations to Miriam and for all of you that are so tired of hearing me talk about bridal. Not to worry, I will be shifting. Uh, I start a new job next <laughs> week, so no more bridal. Um, very excited. 
and just excited for this new adventure. Uh, you can follow my. I agree. You can follow my personal to see what I'm doing. I'm not really going to announce it because I don't want to intersect my two my two worlds. But my personal is at Emily K Goldman, um, and that's where I usually post lols about life and mostly stuff about pancreas pals. So be sure to follow us at pancreas underscore pals. Um, this has yes. been a really scatterbrained episode as per usual. So I sincerely apologize to anyone listening who was trying to write notes or get anything out of this other <laughs> than me being a hot mess express. Emily, do you think people write notes when they're listening to us? I love that idea. Um, I think um, that when Miriam is speaking, everyone should be taking note. Oh my God. Um, I know I do. I'm like, oh my God, don't set number intentions. Don't do this. Yes. Writing this down. <laughs> I'm not necessarily saying writing notes with a pen and paper. I'm talking about the millennials, how they Mental jot notes. things down in their phones. I don't know. Send help. I do that sometimes when people are talking. I, uh, I guess that's true. Same. As, as I've been told, I'm a very bad listener. I'm working on it. That's one of my, <laughs> by Miriam, as I've been told by Miriam, <laughs> one thing that I I'm working like on. I, yeah. Oh. It wasn't I you. I tried to say it. It was Laura. I did. It was I Laura. Think I said it in a loving way. You did. I said, you seem distracted most of the time. It's really true. It's such a big problem. And, you know, I totally deserved it. Between, it was Miriam, my boyfriend, and Laura all ganging up on me being like, you need to pay attention to people when they're speaking. And that is so <laughs> true because it's so rude. And it's something that is one of my goals um, is to be a more active listener. Um, That's a great goal. Thank you. We'll see how far I get. But <laughs> one step at a time. I'm gonna put yes. I'm gonna cognitively put my phone down when people are speaking every time Perfect. I can remember. That um, is an objective to achieve the goal. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, but that's like so rude. I should be having my phone down. Sometimes it's not even my phone. Sometimes I just wander. I don't know what's going on in my head, but this is real. This is me. So this has also been a confessional episode, apparently. So um, yeah. stay well, like, tuned. Distractions and like being, it's like a, a coping mechanism for anxiety. And we're both very highly anxious people. It's so true. Listen to literally any episode. <laughs> you will hear me <laughs> being anxious. <laughs> Anywho. Um, head, head. Signing out, pals. Yeah, Miriam's like, Emily's put gonna, me out Emily's of this gonna, misery. Emily's about to do her spiel. All right. So let's go. Here, here we go. So tune in in two weeks. <laughs> for a special episode with none other than Sarah Johnson at the Diabetic Cactus. She is such a grand pal and we're discussing many things, multiple daily injections versus pumps and just, you know, talking about the new technology out there in the big bad world. Um, find us on Instagram and follow us at pancreas underscore pals. Find us on, why are you saying find us? Follow us on Facebook at pancreas pals PP. Slide into our DMs on either. We love responding. We love hearing from you. Um, shoot us an email at pancreaspals123 at gmail.com. Uh, we are so excited. We have some really exciting new partnerships coming up for season seven, which I can't believe I even said that, but exciting things ahead. Um, also, be sure to reach out with any, uh, any new episode ideas you may have or anything that we've lightly covered that you want us to cover again. Honestly, I'm shocked no one... like. Most people's favorite episode is dating with diabetes, and I'm really mad at myself for mentioning that, but I'm shocked no one's been like, can you do another one? But I'm really glad at the same time, so SOS. Okay, I don't know why I said that. Miriam, send help. I, 
Yeah, I'm trying to think how we could talk about, like, do another Dating with Diabetes episode. I got nothing. Miriam's married now, so she's not really dating anymore. (laughs) Married with diabetes. It's, like, way more. Oh, but you know what we should do? Let's do a wedding episode. Let's have everyone who is engaged, thinking about getting married, wants to get married at some time in their life, write in any questions you have about chronic illnesses and planning a wedding and Miriam and I will do our best to answer um yes I'm very much not married but I did work for a wedding magazine for two years so so she knows some shit come through um yeah so looking forward to to answering those all right have a great week everyone love you bye (laughs) 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 sorry I couldn't help myself it's 2020 love more